Hey, welcome to another episode of Changed. My name's Brent Stone, and I have, I'm just, I'm super excited today because I have Leah Wolf with me, and this is going to be so powerful. Uh, I had the opportunity to hear Leah recently uh, share her testimony in front of our whole congregation at church, and it just, it, it rocked everybody. And uh, just, I'm not trying, <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I'm gonna let her toot her own horn here. It's, uh, it's, or toot Jesus's horn here, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna let her go, but I'm just, I'm super excited for everyone that's tuning in for this. Leah, thank you so much for being here and being willing to just share. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to you and yeah, thanks mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. Um, I'm just very thrilled that all the platforms that the Lord has given me to share this, uh, because it's a big deal. I feel like sharing your testimony has so much more power than I think we give it credit for. So I'm excited that he's able to use all of my bumps in the road. <laughs> Absolutely. It's awesome. Well, please take it away. All right. Um, so my biggest changing point, I guess, um, that the Lord really gave me, um, well, I guess I should give you a background first, huh? <laughs> yeah. However you want to do okay. it. Yeah. We will out. Yeah. Give people, give people some background and then, okay. then you can go into that change. That's totally fine. Okay. Um, well, I grew up pretty, um, I'd say like middle-class, good, good life, you know, family, uh, brother, um, nice house, you know, we, we were all good. And, um, when I turned nine, my parents rocked my world by getting a divorce and, um, yeah, I didn't cope very well. Um, I did not really know coping skills, I guess. That was not something that my parents had equipped me with. Um, so they had shielded me from a lot of the things that were going on. So I really didn't know what was going on until it happened. Uh, so that turned into what kind of started as a food addiction and, you know, then it led to you know, acting out. My grades fell from A's to F's in one year. And I started cutting myself not long after that. And, you know, before long, it was stealing liquor from the liquor cabinet and, you know, diving in a little bit farther each time something quit working. Uh, so I eventually uh, was, you know, finding whatever I could find. And at that point, uh, with my relationship with God, uh, I had grown up in the church. My mom had taken me my whole life. And I started to become very angry with the Lord, uh, just because of all the things. It's like, why are you doing this to me? You know, Sunday school always taught me all this. God is good. God loves you and all these things. And I'm like, well, this doesn't feel like love, you know, like, so I was already on the fence and questioning things, um, still coping inappropriately. And, uh, a friend of mine, she was 19 and she died in a car accident and she was a big part of our youth group. And, she babysat me. She was just, she was such an awesome person. And I was so angry that I actually renounced my relationship with God. And I actually told people that he wasn't real. You know, he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't take these good people away. And, um, yeah, my mom was not very happy with me. <laughs> um, so at that point I had 
really started to, you know, drift away. I was very confrontational, especially with my, my poor mother. <laughs> and so I was just pretty much coming unglued at this point. Um, and so because of that, I really wanted to gain some independence away from my parents because I was I was in like full rebellion at this point. And I actually I got a job when I was 14 and started supporting myself and supporting my habits. And um, multiple times in school, I almost got in trouble for drugs, but somehow managed to escape it. <laughs> but so I kept, you know, progressively getting worse. Um got into a really, really bad abusive relationship for about six years. When I was 14, we started dating and did a lot of dumb things. Uh, we both dove down the addiction hole uh, together and everything became very abusive at one point, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, and sexually abusive. And so that was that was awful. Um, that really took me down an even darker path with my addiction. Uh, I had actually gotten to the point where I was starting to practice, uh, magic and witchcraft. I was practicing a Wiccan religion and some of it not so bright. Um, and so I was really, I was grasping at strings really now that I look back at things and, you know, trying to manipulate the world around me because I felt powerless. And so yeah. that was, yeah, that was a huge point in my life where I had so much built up emotions um, once we had finally broken up that I went off the rails and I just wanted to you know, get high. I wanted to escape my life, escape all of the pain and everything that had built up in my life. And so I pursued life as a drug dealer. Um, sounds kind of stupid now, but you know, like that was where I wanted to go. And so, um, I actually had a vocational degree in criminal justice. So I knew exactly where all this was going to go, <laughs> but <laughs> did it anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started dealing drugs on a fairly decent scale and I ran around. I was homeless for a long time in the beginning. Uh, my family had completely disowned me at one point. One thing I will say, my mother never gave up on me. She was my prayer warrior my whole life. It's and awesome. she still is. And I just, I don't think I would be where I am today without the prayers that she did. And she had people, I mean, she had people in England and Scotland and I'm mean, Australia. She had everybody around the world praying for me. And, you know, now as a mother, I like, <laughs> it's so powerful um, yeah. to know, you know, that you have somebody in your corner. Uh, although I didn't really appreciate it then. <laughs> but yeah, so all of that led to eventually, you know, me getting in trouble. Um, I went to prison for two years for all of that and uh, came home. Things were, yeah, you know, they were okay. <laughs> I, I, um, I did have a lot of 
life-changing experiences though while in there for those two years uh you know when you're stripped of everything in the world you know even the clothes on your back uh, life takes a different toll it takes a different outlook you know like things these things are not important you can survive without them uh, but the one thing they do allow you to have is the Bible. <laughs> and so I had this Bible and I set it on my shelf and, you know, I didn't look at it. I was like, whatever, you know, I know about this and it's all lies, you know, it's in my, in my head. And uh, in Rockingham, there is a way to actually clean out your toilet and talk to the men upstairs. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, I'm bored, you know, have anything to do. So I decided to start talking to somebody and so, so, like, can I just pause for a second? So yeah. how, how did you figure this out? <laughs> so it, I didn't figure it out. So it's been known for a long time and I'm not really between, sure. Who, between cells? Yes. Like, no, okay. like above, like the men are okay. above the women. And okay. so I guess the plumbing pipes ran down. And so if you cleaned the water out of the toilet, you could actually hear, like we would make little funnels out of our manuals and our, our books. And so we could hear and we could talk and not like actually, you know, stick your head all the way Right. Yeah, but... Wow. How amazing is that? It's, it cracks me up. And I think it's so funny. Like, you know, God's got a sense of humor because, you know, he's like, Listen, I can reach you through a toilet. Like, it's like, come on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this guy and me started talking, and, you know, we're getting to know each other, asking each other questions, you know, typical, you know, you have, what are you in here for? How long do you have? Blah, 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 you know. And then he starts asking me about, you know, do I read the Bible? And, you know, I started on my typical, no, I do not. And I don't want anything to do with it. You know, like, he's not real. This isn't, this is all just baloney, pretty much. Um, so he kept on me and kept on me. And finally, he was like, listen, do me a favor. I want to challenge you to read one thing in the word. So if you don't want to read anymore after that, I will drop it and leave it alone. I won't talk about it anymore. And I was like, okay. So Seems he fair, me. like a fair challenge. Yeah, yeah. He was good at that. <laughs> um, but he told me to read the book of James. And uh, I just remember sitting in my cell that night, you know, and I, I mean, I, I remembered where James was in the Bible from, you know, Sunday school and things like that. And I opened it up and I started reading it. And I remember, and this is still a verse that sticks out to me, is one of the first things that really spoke to me was to rejoice in your trials and tribulations and that, you know, it is it is an endurance of your faith and it can grow your faith. And I just remember being like, you want me to rejoice in all of the stuff I have been through? Like, I was, <laughs> I started getting in my feelings. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous, you know, like how dare you? I said, obviously it didn't endure my faith, you know, I'm getting my attitude and, um, but I kept going and the farther I kept going, the more like he talked about so many of the things that he knew we were going to encounter in this life. And, you know, the power that we can hold to do pretty much good or evil, you know, and just how powerful the tongue can be. And just, I remember, um, you know, talking about, 
how powerful the tongue is and how, you know, you can steer a horse from a bit in its mouth. And I was just like, you know, these are every, this is everything that I have encountered in my life. And, you know, he told us that these things were going to happen. You know, at this point, I mean, now that I look back on it, it kind of makes me a little salty with my Sunday school teacher. They didn't come to me with all this stuff, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, okay, so maybe I didn't have the full story, you know. So I became interested in trying to learn more. I became a lot more open minded of, you know, what things were. And uh, before long, me and this guy in the toilet started doing Bible studies together. We would write to outside ministries and get the same Bible studies sent to us. And we would do them through the toilet and talk about them. And so good. It was it was really cool. Um, you know, we we got into our relationship pretty far. And I remember at one point when I got shipped down the road to prison, um, I remember the Lord kind of spoke to me for the first time and told me that his season in my life was over, that he did what he was supposed to do. And this guy, yes. And because okay. we were, we had developed a relationship from this. And so sure. at this point I was like, okay, you know, I had to make this hard decision, but I was like, really? And what position are either one of us in to be in a relationship? <laughs> you know, like, so eventually, you know, God was like, okay, like, this is what he was put in your life for. And so we ended up, you know, ending that. And I continued doing studies and things with a lot of the women in the prisons. Um, you know, in prison, you really don't have as much at the beginning. Um, you're shipped there with pretty much nothing. Um, I was shipped two hours, I think it was almost three hours away in a paper jumpsuit and, uh, you know, chains and handcuffs. And so they take everything from you yet again, and you have to start all over. Uh, so I did still have my Bible. And so that's what we did is we would just go through the word and just talk about it. What does it mean to you? And uh, I just remember like hearing, you know, some of the different perspectives from other people and just growing so much from them. And in prison, while I was there, I started a spiritual journal. And in it, I had written that I wanted to start a recovery home for women. And so I, yeah, I had started all these things that I felt like I was supposed to do. And uh, so that, that was a big point of growth for me. Uh, when I came home, you know, my parents were, they still didn't trust me. I had done a lot to our relationship, you know, lied. I had stolen from them at one point in my addiction, and uh, they were still pretty angry with me about that. I wasn't even allowed to have a key to my house for a long time. I wasn't allowed to be there without anybody there. Um, and now that I look back on that, you know, my pride, I guess you could say, got in the way of helping heal that. And I started rebelling again, being angry with them. And, you know, another thing I look back on is, you know, even though I developed that relationship, I didn't find any healing while I was in prison. Um, it was just, you know, going through and learning. I wasn't working on myself in my own spirit. Um, but it yeah. started my journey. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't long after being released. I ended up turning back to that life. 
uh, and that was uh, quite the journey. Uh, but I do believe that without God on my side during that time, I'm I don't believe I would have made it out that time. Yeah. Um, I experienced a lot of it's the easiest way for me to explain it is a lot of very evil and just demonic things. And, you know, now that I look back, I truly believe in my heart that the enemy was pissed that he lost one of his soldiers and that God had gained one. And he yeah. was trying to take care of that. And I just, that's <laughs> so the only, good. yeah, it is the only way I can explain it. I mean, I could tell you stories and like some people just don't believe me. Like it's crazy stuff that I experienced during those couple years. And I finally escaped from that situation and I was trying to rebuild my, my mental health at that point. (laughs) And I just remember, um, there were certain things that happened during that time. I will tell you one turning point that really gave me enough courage to leave that situation. And it was a relationship uh, that had surrounded me with a lot of those things. And we actually were homeless and um, we were hanging out with one of his friends and we didn't have anywhere to stay. Our phones were dead. We had to have some place to charge them. So he was like, well, let's stop at my mom's house. It's right over here. So we go in and I just like, I had been so uptight all day, just very nervous. That's how I lived for years. And when we walked in, I just felt this overwhelming calm and peace. And I sat on her couch and she had a Jesus calling book right next to a Bible. And I waited until they left the room and I picked up the Jesus calling book. I asked her first and she told me yes. (laughs) And so I started reading it and, and I could tell that she was deaf. Um, just by how she she was speaking and you know I thanked her and read the read it and I don't even remember what it said but I remember mine and hers conversation and she had told me that you know she said you know what's your situation like how are you here you know we started talking and and she said you know I wasn't always deaf she said but when I lost my hearing I kept going to the Lord and asking him to heal my, heal my ears, heal my ears. And instead he gave her a better gift. He gave her, I was in danger and that don't forget that the Lord is beside me and he is fighting with me and that he's going to help me out of this, but don't forget that he's with you. Like, I just, I was feeling so abandoned again and just, you know, this can't be what life is. And I remember when I left there, I had like this empowerment about myself and I was like, I'm determined I'm going to get out of this. (laughs) And like, I finally did. And it was really hard, (laughs) but he carried me through it. And, uh, once again, still not dealing with the healing part of my life. Um, I ended up getting in trouble again and I went back in for a year. And it was during that time uh, I found out I was pregnant about a month and a half after I had been in jail. And I was just totally blown away. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, is this a joke? You know, like, 
I didn't even know how much time I was going to get at that point. But, you know, most people in their first probation violation, you know, they can get three, six months, you know, it's, it's all good. So I was like, okay, you know, this isn't so bad. And when then I go to court and they told me I got a year and I mean, I fell to pieces. I was like, that means I'm going to have to have her while I'm in jail. Like, this is not what I pictured for my life. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, I was so angry. And, you know, when I got to this point, like there were some habits from my Wiccan days that I hadn't fully let go of. And sure. I finally <clears throat> um, got to a point where I just completely surrendered while I was in that jail. Same pod and everything. <laughs> I was back there again. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do this. I can't. Like, this is too much. Like, you have maxed me out. I am done. <laughs> you know, like, I told him, you know, this is, this is beyond what I can handle. And I need you to walk me through this. I need you to pick me up and carry me and, you know, give me a bottle. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, treat me like a baby because I can't do this. <laughs> and so. Yeah. Um, I remember I started a journal and I would sit in my, my cell by myself and just talk to him and tell him, you know, like, this is, this is what I want for my child. You know, like, I can't do anything in here. I'm helpless. I can't prepare for this baby. I can't, you know, I can't be a part of any baby shower. I can't be a part of anything, you know, getting, getting the room ready, picking out clothes. All of these things were weighing on me so much. and. And the Lord finally told me, like, this is not what's important. You know, what is important is praying over your child, getting rid of attacking these generational curses that have been in your and her dad's family and yeah. you know, start plowing through the spiritual warfare because, you know, it's real. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, bam, OK, <laughs> you know, like this is what I can do. And then I felt. Like I was actually doing something for her. And uh, back then, this is when Grace Covenant Church had the prison ministry where they had the women coming to the doors and praying. Yeah. They impacted me so much. <laughs> they ever, I would look forward to every Saturday they would come. I would sit and I would wait for them to come and I would be the first one up there. And I remember them giving me you know, jobs, like, you know, write these things down. And when we come back next time, we're going to pray into them. And, you know, you can continue to do it on your own, but let's do it together too. And yeah. that meant so much to me. And, you know, I have to add that today, me and some of those women are very good friends. <laughs> and so they have helped yeah. me so much. And, you know, that was, that was a huge turning point for me to actually feel useful and to have those people from, you know, our church that also could help my mom, you know, out there who was going to take my daughter after I had her. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a little bit of a background uh, as far as that point, because, uh, you know, I got out after I had her. Uh, she was three months old when I came out and uh, my parents were. It's like God was working on them because they were like, all right, let's fresh, clean slate. Let's start over. <laughs> and I, was wow. like, yeah, I was like, that's wow. great. 
What? So, oh, <laughs> yeah. God's so, so good. Yes, he is. So they, you know, took my daughter and welcomed me into their home when I came home. And I remember um, just having this drive like I had never felt before. I was like, okay, you know, let's do this. I mean, I just felt so empowered when I got out because I knew that the Lord carried me through those three months. Like I was a disaster, but it was like he almost cut off those bad emotions for me and pushed, helped me push through. He gave me a hysterical roommate that I needed desperately. And, you know, he, he put things in place that I needed. Um, it didn't mean the enemy didn't try to send some other things to my way, but, um, he carried me beyond what I thought was possible. And so, uh, coming home, I had been also sentenced to do what is, what was, um, uh, 90 day reporting at Gemeinschaft Women's Home. Uh, they now have a residential part, but that this is before they had residential. Um, so I went through that and really started to find that I had such joy in watching, you know, these women walk through their lives. And, you know, I had this determination. I was like, like, this is no longer an option. My past is not an option. Like, it's just, it cannot happen. You know, I just, I kept looking at my daughter and I remembered that pain that I had felt for those three months. And I used that to drive me forward every day. And I began to share some of those things with some of those ladies and just watching how, you know, they saw that the pain that I used to let rule my life and send me down a dark hole was now pushing me forward. And so, you know, I started encouraging them to do the same thing. Like this pain is just going to keep coming if you keep putting yourself in these situations, you know, instead use that is to remember that to move forward. And, you know, that's how it, it kind of started there. Um, I ended up staying at Gemeinschaft. I was only sentenced to 90 days, uh, but I stayed on as a actual participant for about a year. And then they they were like, you don't need this. Like they were like, you know, like, why, you know, why do you want to keep doing this? And I was like, this is this is helping me like it's pushing me forward. And so. I ended up signing intern papers and stayed with them for another year. And so I was part of the recovery team and, you know, my daughter was also part of it. They let me bring her with me and they were awesome. So I just remember at one point at, I was at Grace Covenant. Uh, I, I was like, why don't we have like a recovery group? You know, like what's, what's going on with that? And so I started yeah. meeting with, um, uh, pastor Mike Sauter and, uh, I just asked him, you know, what's, what's going on with this? And he's like, we have been looking for somebody to do something like that. Like that would be really cool. And I'm like, let's do this. You know, like, I'm, I'm down and, you know, <laughs> many meetings and, um, you know, them really putting trust into me to take care of this. And that was a new thing for me is, you know, somebody that barely knew me just to give me trust and was something so big. Like I was like, really, <laughs> you know? Um, 
I passed my one-year sobriety date on the 7th of September, 2019. Well, that was my year release. So, technically, you know, two years sober, but, you know, a year out. So, I have a hard time with that sometimes because it was an option when I was out. (laughs) But, um, right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So then it was September 11th of 2019. We started New Life Recovery at Grace Covenant Church. And I had some co leaders, and my parents were coaching me. And I remember we only had two people show up, which that was fine. I was a disaster. I was a nervous mess. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going with the flow. How about we just get to know each other this meeting? You know, like, uh, so that was like a big part of God growing me and healing me. Um, now that I look back, like, it's not always, you know, this cookie cutter, you know, like you go to an inner healing meeting or counseling counselor and you're just, you're good. It's all these different pieces that he puts in front piece together. And so he kept putting all of these things in my path and slowly, but surely he has like cracked open all these different spots in my life. And I've found so much healing in my life through new life recovery through, you know, I I have been to counselors. I have been to doctors, you know, I've, I've been to all of these things. And finally I'm, I'm free from so much. And he, he just keeps growing new life recovery, which has been awesome. One of those two people that came on the first night that year still comes regularly every Thursday. And he has been absolutely awesome to walk with life through. And uh, we just went to his birthday party yesterday, actually. So it's been really cool just to get to know these people and help them with their walk and just be a resource, you know, when somebody needs to grow or somebody just needs a friend, like whatever that is. Um, I really felt like the Lord told me that this group was supposed to be based on community, not on 12 steps, not on, you know, a set curriculum or, you know, so I, I felt like it is supposed to be based to come together as a group of people with the same goal and to grow in community with him. And so we do a lot of Bible studies. Everything that I do is based off of the word. And that's been a growth point for me too, because every week I'm forced to get in that word. (laughs) So it has been so awesome all the way around. And I've really been feeling like the Lord's telling me that this house that I have been wanting to do since I was sitting on my bunk in prison is going to happen. He is forming it. He has started things. I have my first mission support team on the 20th of October. And so we're pushing, we're, we're trying to get stuff rolling. And I'm like, I find so much passion in this. And, you know, I know that the Lord has so much that he is turning for his good. You know, Romans eight twenty eight is something that I just look back and, you know, he works all things for the good for those that love him and he is working all of my mess into his masterpiece. And it is so much fun. (laughs) That's, that's so awesome. That's yeah. That's so good. It's awesome. (laughs) I I'm not stopping you. Keep going. (laughs) I'm just commenting. 
Monday. Um, uh, just kind of briefly too, like, uh, you know, my daughter's five years old now and, uh, she is, she is awesome. She is such a joy. And, you know, I just had a parent teacher conference with her teacher recently and, you know, another little background God moment when I had her dedicated, when she was a child, um, I had the worship leader at grace prophesied over her that she was going to be a peacemaker. And, you know, that's the only thing that really stuck to my brain that day. And she has been beyond a peacemaker in her life. Like she is at school comforting the kids that are uncomfortable, comforting those that are hurt and having a hard time. Even the ones that aren't nice to her, she is still nice to them. Like she is so sweet and she's just, she's just a blessing in so many ways. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, she has she has grown to be who she is. Um, her father is not present in her life. Uh, he is still battling with those addictions. And so it has been quite the journey with, you know, my parents, once again, they have been my lifesavers and they have helped me raise my child. And, you know, now I'm engaged. And so we are hoping to start that life here in the next year or so. And so that's been an awesome journey. And I feel like, you know, God has given me somebody who also has a passion to help people. And he is, he is much farther in the process, but he is trying to also open a men's recovery home. And so he is, he's been working towards that for a couple of years. And so I, I'm really hoping, you know, God's going to give us the clarity on how our ministries merge together here in the future. But, um, yeah, it's been such an awesome journey to just see the blessings that God will give you if you just make that choice to be like, okay, yes, I will do this. It's like starting that group. I had no idea what I was doing, but you know what? I'm here and just use me. I don't know, <laughs> but it's been awesome. And, you know, now I have participants that lead groups that have taken up the torch to help with things. Uh, cause for the last few years I have been leading this group by myself since COVID. Uh, and it, at first it seemed overwhelming. Uh, but now it's like, God's like, you got this, like, you know, I'm going to provide what needs to be provided. And, and he has, and we feed everybody every night. We've recently taken up donations from a local store, that has been helping us. We've had people donate meals like once a week uh, out of the month. And I mean, he has provided so much to help with this. And that just tells me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and that he is going to continue providing. We've been growing a lot here lately. Um, and there is a website um, if you'd like me to. Yeah. That <clears throat> well, <out> there. <laughs> yeah. You can say it now, and then also, okay. I'll we'll we'll put it in the show notes too, so people can okay. go and click on a link. Yeah, but yeah, please go ahead and, and share it. Okay, yeah, it's uh, www.newliferecoverygcc.com. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> Leah, this is so good. Is there anything <laughs> else you want to share, or any like bit of encouragement you want to share with with people watching and listening uh, before we cut out of here? Yeah. Um... So first time I ever shared my testimony was in a rehab that I went to and they asked me to come up with the biggest takeaway of my life. 
And I remember my biggest takeaway was choices. Uh, you know, like all of our little choices in life that seems insignificant or, you know, whatever, all the way down to your thought process have such a significant impact in our lives. You know, just I remember before I would relapse, I would think about, you know, start thinking in this pattern and, you know, they teach us that in recovery. But, you know, when you're in that mode, it's like, yeah, whatever. These don't mean anything. This is a stupid class I have to take. You know, like <laughs> it's like it's like you get stuck in this mentality. But in reality, all, every single choice we make, I mean, you know, down to the simple things that our bodies do involuntarily is, is a choice to live or a choice to go down the other road. And, you it's know, true. it's it's so important to think about these things and you know we can't change our whole lives and our whole choice patterns by ourselves you know finding a community of people you know even if that's not new life recovery finding a christian group of people to help with that walk is huge and so that is one thing that i definitely always like to share and the other thing is to never lose hope. It has been such a journey. Uh, I remember my mom had this big thing with the word hope there at the end of my addiction. And she didn't know why. It was just just extremely important to her for some reason. And I told her recently, you know, we had a big cry about it and everything. You know, like that, that is what gave me hope is that she hadn't lost hope in me and she hadn't lost hope that the Lord could save me. And I just remember it being almost like rooted into me because it was at a point in my life where I had lost hope. Um, I actually had a suicide attempt right before this happened and I was unsuccessful and clearly. Uh, so now I look at, you know, it was right after that that the Lord put that word on her heart and it then transferred to me. So, you know, whether you're in addiction or you have somebody else in addiction, don't lose hope because it's contagious and it can affect what that person feels, you know? So, yeah. It's awesome. That's my biggest thing. This is so good. Thank you so much. This <laughs> you're is, welcome. this is going to help a lot of people. And I'm um, so thankful for, for you just being willing to come on here and just share. This is so good. Yeah. Well, with that, we are wrapping up this episode of Changed and we'll look forward to seeing everyone again here real soon. Thanks, Leah, for coming on. Yeah, thank you.